used to be so house Now everything is housey cause of you Welcome to the Slasher Sanitarium Podcast. I am your host, Troy. It's Channel Zero, No End House, Episode 2. Before we get into that, though, the Slasher Sanitarium Podcast is brought to you by the Questionable Endeavor Network. Visit questendnetwork.com for more information on all the podcasts that you can find under one home. Email the show at theslashersanitarium at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at slasherpodcast or like our Facebook page. And also visit patreon.com slash slasherpodcast to support and keep the Slasher Sanitarium alive. We jump right into it with Jules leaving a voicemail for Margot. We also see that Jules is lying in a tub underwater. Then we see someone reach out to touch Jules, but she wakes up before they get a chance to. Oh, but wait, she's in a tub and there's a giant fucking ball in the room with her. And then she really wakes up. It's a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream. She's on a couch of her house, which we know is probably not really her house. Oh, wait, no, it is, because this is before we get into the, to all this crazy shit. Because Jules walks around the corner and sees that her mom is sparking up some weed. She says it's medicinal, and I believe her. She asks if Jules will see Margot, and Jules says, of course, why, why wouldn't I? Which then we cut to Jules crying in her car for some reason. And at this point, I am super fucking confused. But then we see that Jules is walking up and texting Margot from last week's episode, so now we get the idea that this was just to show a little bit of what led up to the first episode there. So we cut to Jules leaving No End House, and almost immediately after she leaves, Margot comes out. So they were right behind each other. Jules says her room fire was actually an empty room with a giant ball in it, and when she touches the ball, it lights up. Well, that's practical. Jules is then shown walking up to Margot's house, which is labeled 6. And we are back to where the last episode left off. It took us a little bit to get there, and it was a little confusing, but we got there. Jules walks into the kitchen and says, sees John Carroll Lynch making breakfast for Margot. Margot looks at her like, can you believe this shit? And we get the title card. We see Creepshow is sitting at the steps of No End House in the morning. JD walks past him. And J.D. says Room 5 was the dude with the mask from Room 2, and when he took off that mask, there was another mask under it. Creepy. Of course, Creepshow didn't see what J.D. saw, and we don't know what Creepshow saw. They think the girls are still inside because their car is there, but in reality, the girls bailed on the dudes last night, and these two have a longer conversation about staying than the girls did. J.D. says that the second mask was him. Yeah. So he bails. Jules and Margot are having the most fucked up morning. John Carroll Lynch is making omelets. 
He tells a story about her taking a carton of eggs and trying to hatch them under her desk lamp, and that they couldn't get the smell out for a long time. Uh, from the reaction that we see from Margot, she seems to kind of maybe back this up, but also says she doesn't remember. Margot asks if he knows that where he has been for the last year, and John Carroll Lynch is like, yeah, but right here. When Margot goes to put the eggs back, there was already another carton of eggs in its place. Well, that's odd. But you know what? I could use that. That's a good money-saving technique. We cut to Beardo breaking into cars. He opens the hood of a trunk, and we first see that the license plate is not of any known language. Looks all fucked up. And then we see that he has scars on his forearm reading, this is not real. And the truck also has no engine, but that's completely normal if you're walking down Detroit. John Carroll Lynch makes, uh, completes making breakfast, and fuck that, I ain't eating ghost eggs. That shit's weird. Lynch says his eggs taste like nothing, but Margo's gonna try some anyways, which of course Jules looks at her like, are you gonna fucking eat those ghost eggs? Are you fucking crazy? But Margo says they're perfect. Beardo walks down the road and sees a woman walking down the road to near him. She calls him baby, and he remarks that she wore that shirt the day they met. Beardo and her, and her complete each other's sentences about their first meeting, uh, but then he pulls out a gun and says that shirt is still in the closet and executes that bitch. This will make sense in just a second. We see that some dude takes out his trash and doesn't seem to notice the dead bitch in his road, and Beardo seems to be acting like he's been blowing her out off quite a lot lately. Creepshow lives up to his name by walking past a house and staring at a woman inside who is in her underwear. He backs up and then is grabbed from behind. This is going to be really hard to uh, explain, but this, much like most, most of the streets in this crazy fucked up world, are cul-de-sac streets. And cul-de-sacs, if anyone doesn't know, are a road that just kind of dead ends on itself into a big, like, nutsack-looking thing. Well, this one happens to have in the center of that nutsack a nice little um, garden, let's say. And that garden is fenced in for some reason. The person that grabbed Creepshow is inside of that fence. There's also somebody else there. So we're just going to go fucking bonkers here with this shit. Because none of it does not make any sense. It also isn't referenced in the rest of this episode. Cut to JD who is walking down the road. And we see someone standing in the driveway just holding up bags of trash. Well, that's pretty normal. JD makes it to a house also labeled 6. Which means that it must be very hard to deliver a pizza in this world. He calls for his mother and father and walks to the window. And there he sees a woman walk up to the window. So we're really just fucking creeping on women in windows at this place. People, you guys need to buy some blinds, okay? I know, I know, like, it's, they're hard to put up sometimes, and, you know, trying to find good ones that look at, you know, but this is, you're going to prevent a whole lot of creepy dudes from looking at you in your underwear. And, of course, since it's sci-fi, they're in their underwear and don't have their titties out. Margaret and Jules bail on breakfast, and John Carroll Lynch wants to talk to Jules. I, at this point, wouldn't be in the same room as that guy, because at any point in time, he could go zombo on you and eat you. Margo goes to her room, and she has a very large bedroom. Uh, what do you need all that space for? Bedroom is pretty much just where you sleep. The space could be better utilized for closets or, you know, for other areas of the house instead of having such a large fucking bedroom that you don't have enough room to cover the walls. She looks out the window and sees two people biking past, so everything seems pretty normal there. She then sees a badly photoshopped picture of her and her dad, and then after looking out the window again, she sees the same exact biker, so glitch in the matrix. John Carroll Lynch says that he has a gap in his memory and feels like he doesn't belong there. Jules says that uh, she has been here since uh, John Carroll Lynch died. 
and he doesn't seem to flinch at that. And then he starts to decimate Jules by saying that uh, Jules didn't want the broken version of Margot. She abandoned Margot as soon as she had an opportunity, and he says that Margot needs him. And then he fucks off. JD is creeping on this girl from the window when JD shows up. Yes. This is going to get really confusing. And I made no fucking attempt to differentiate between which JD we're talking about. Real world JD or no one house JD. So this is going to be fun. So JD and JD then share a look with each other as JD's girlfriend makes out with JD. Did you get all that? JD then comes outside to invite JD in. Now question, is it a threesome if you fuck two doppelgangers? We ask the important questions here, folks. Jules asks Margot what flowers grow in her backyard. That's not a euphemism. All the flowers are now white orchids. Cue some white stripes as Jules says that the house manipulated space and asks if they are still inside the house. So two episodes into, I think is what, like a eight, ten episode series? And we already have the know-it-all character who's like, look, I'm going to explain what's going on here for all you fucking idiots out there. We're still inside the house. Like, that's why all, that's why every single house is labeled six, because they're all the room six. Jules says that this is not her home, and that's not her dad. And Margo's like, fuck it, I'm going to take ghost daddy over no daddy. Margo then drops a bomb and says uh, John Carroll Lynch actually killed himself. He found out that he had a reaction to these medication, and was like, well, well now I know how I can easily do this and make it look like an accident. I'm going to take three times my fucking dose. So I guess they have not heard of autopsies. But anyways, that was enough to murder death kill himself. And at this point I realized Jules is not a great actor. She is pretty terrible at it, actually. Lynch puts on some music as Jules pretends to act. Margot says that Jules doesn't have a dad because she's black, and Jules says neither does Margot. But, you know, Margot's white. Margot says that Jules ran away from her from all of this and abandoned her. And Margot tells Jules to fuck off. John Carroll Lynch cranks up his jams as Jules walks down the block. Beardo is still just wandering around the neighborhood, but then as he, he turns onto a street, he breaks into a run, and we see that we are at the corner of Oakley and Ash. I have no idea why that's important, but we get a shot of it. He bursts into a house and starts yelling for Lacey. Lacey is at the stop of the stairs and asks how Beardo knows her name. He says he got out, but she didn't. That this house is not in their neighborhood, and it's not real. Beardo swore he would find her. But Lacey's like, bitch, my husband's coming home soon. A ghost husband. John Carroll Lynch knows he died, apparently, but he has no clue how he got there. Margot then proceeds to ask where Mother is, and I guess she didn't make a big enough impact on, on Margot's life because she wasn't invited to this world. Cut to Creepshow, standing at the end of an empty cul-de-sac where the house once stood. It's gone now. Creepshow asks where Margot is, and Jules brings him up to speed. Jules again says she thinks they are still inside No End House. Really, just, just hit that home. We get watery orgasm vision again as JD is having drinks with his girlfriend and JD. Let's get weird. JD asks where his parents are, and JD says they are not here because nothing happened to them. He says this is not JD's house. JD says this place was made from JD's memories. He doesn't know how but knows they are here. JD chugs some whiskey and asks what his favorite type of ice cream is. Apparently it's pistachio. Gross. JD asks why the house would make another JD, and JD says that maybe he is the version of JD that he wants to be. 
Now, he also says he doesn't actually know what pistachio ice cream tastes like. He just has all the memories, but doesn't have all of the associated feelings and senses of them, uh, almost like he hasn't lived them. Because, you know, he hasn't. Margot's back in her 1980s swimsuit as John Carroll Lynch shoves her inside. Inside the pool is what I meant to write here. Not that he's, like, either shoving himself inside of her or anything to that matter. Uh, this cuts to a memory of little Margot and her dad, which then cuts back to her swimming in blank nothingness. She swims back up, but not before the camera gives us a close-up of her chest, which is mostly covered. So, not sure why we went for the cleavage shot when there wasn't much cleavage to be had. She sees that the pool is normal size when she is out of it, but endless when she dunks her head in. But her dad says it's okay. We see a for sale sign in front of a house. Um, that'd be kind of difficult for a realtor at this point as well. Oh, you guys like uh, number six on Ash Street? Well, have you seen number six on Ash Street? They're really, it's, it's a really nice house. Jules and Creepshow are there, and they decide to sleep in shifts. But Creepshow says he can't sleep anyways, not sure why he even mentioned it. Margo gets out of the pool as her dad dries her off. Uh, when he does, uh, he touches her and gets a flash of um, Margo's mother. They seem to have a weird kind of interaction with this, and Margo walks away from him, then trips on the stairs for some reason. Uh, her dad is pretty shook by whatever happened when he touched her, though. Creepshow and Jules are both asleep, so I guess that whole sleeping and shifts things was just kind of fucking dumb. When someone whispers for Jules, she wakes up. She then wanders around this house, and she enters a bedroom, which has a giant, the, the giant glow ball in it. That thing looks more comfortable than the couch. Jules touches it, and it glows, and then she starts to come. The ball has some shadowy hand inside of it that starts moving closer to her hand. Cut to JD staring at JD making out with that chick. And JD asks to join in, so I am already 100% on board with real-world JD. So I guess the chick is also not actually JD's girlfriend in the real world. She is a fabrication that he made. This chick also doesn't talk, because apparently this is JD's ideal girl. So misogynist. JD says he wishes the girl was into real JD, and JD says he's the better version of JD, and is better than at being JD than JD is. Also, take a shot every time I say JD, and you'll be dead by the end of this episode. Real JD thinks that Noah JD is here to teach him how to be a better JD. He wants to know what ice cream... Er, Noah and House JD says he wants to know what ice cream tastes like, and cracks real JD over the head with a bottle. He then beats him to death with the bottle. And no one girl doesn't seem to care what's going on in front of her. We cut a bit of John Carroll Lynch watching Margot sleep. He creeps in to get a closer look. Uh, we focus on his junk, or maybe his hands, whatever. They're both in the same area. And he walks up to her. He pets her hair, and when he makes contact, he can start seeing memories again. He's able to see the memories of Margot's mother. And while he's doing this, we see that the basement is bleeding. So, that's probably an issue, right? So Lynch continues to watch memories of his wife, and we see that the blood pool in the basement starts to grow Margot's mother. She comes out of the, the blood pool fully formed, and John Carroll Lynch opens the door and walks downstairs to her. Now, it's too bad her leg is covering her snatch at this point, otherwise this series would be a much, much watch. He grabs her arm and proceeds to rip it off, and inside, of course, is delicious, delicious berries. John Carroll Lynch partakes in said berries, and he really digs into them. 
So I guess he feeds on manifestations of memories. I guess. I don't fucking know. Uh, he also then chucks her arm to the side, which, like, you gotta clean that shit up later, dude. Keep it in a nice pile. And we go off the air with John Carroll Lynch eating his wife out. And that's it for episode two. Uh, we went full on fucking crazy with this one, but you know what? I liked it. I, I enjoyed this. Um, it's still batshit fucking insane, but it's the kind of insane that I like. So interested to see more, interested in what we're going to go from here. So make sure to continue to stay, stay subscribed to the, the Slasher Sanitarium. And next week, I'll bring you episode three.